Okay, well, uh, I want to introduce our guest speaker before he comes up, uh, but this is a person that we met, I think, 10 years ago? Was it a long time ago? But maybe 10, 15 years ago um, at a national conference uh, through our denomination, and it's been wonderful having this relationship with him. He came and spoke at our church many years ago, and so this is our uh, second uh, time having him come. Uh, but Pastor Edward is a church planter and a missionary. He's planted several churches, one out here in San Bernardino many years ago. And then he did his longest work in Israel, but he was in Israel for 20 years around, and he planted three churches in Israel uh, to the Jewish people. Uh, that is his calling to reach the Jews for Jesus. And then, uh, and then now he's in Berlin, so he's on the outskirts of Berlin in Germany, and he started a church there as well. And so now he's uh, having uh, ministry there. And so we're very excited to have Pastor Edward come and to hear more about his ministry and to bring the word of God. Uh, he's married and he has two daughters. I believe one is in college and one is in high school. All right, so why don't we give him a warm hand as he comes on up. Shalom. Shalom. It is so good uh, to be here. First of all, uh, thank you so much uh, for inviting me today. Yes, uh, I was in uh, some uh, school when I visited the first time your church long times ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, my name is Edward Kim, and um, I am a missionary to Jews, uh, working with uh, World Partners. World Partners is uh, uh, affiliated affiliated with a uh, uh, missionary church. So, um, I know you're looking at me like um, Asian, Korean, right? But uh, my heart is completely kosher, <laughs> more than any Jews. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, now I live in Germany. Um, it's not my plan, but uh, God dragged me and threw me there. So that's why I live there. Um, I want to share a little bit what's going on before I share uh, the word of God, uh, especially um, about uh, you know issue of uh, Ukraine. And um, we started church in the middle of full lockdown, you know, and in Germany, in Berlin, we are allowed to go out, what, uh, like uh, one mile away from your house, you know, that was the situation, everything closed down except grocery store, but uh, one day God called me to start a church, hey God, you're joking, right, <laughs> no, <laughs> really, but um, I understood that I have to do, and we started. And to do that, we had to ignore all the regulations, 100%. Really, yeah. So we did it. You know, we even uh, opened door so that the people, you know, see what we are doing. And we pulled in maximum volume, you know, of our speakers so that people can hear our worship. And our church is located just in front of the uh, train station. Lot of traffic. Lot of people going, you know, going through there. 
And uh, they told us, you know, uh, we are not allowed to sing, and uh, we sang loud as much as we can. And uh, they told us not to eat. We, you, you saw, you know, we showed the food. You know, everybody wants to come. Okay, come on in, welcome. And uh, when we started, we told, okay, when a policeman comes, I will be the first one to be arrested. But we'll continue until the last remain. And actually for two years, nobody came. <laughs> God is great. Amen? God is great. Now, the world started, as you know. And uh, I left, I left uh, Berlin uh, May, uh, no, April, February 29th. February 29th. It has been two months. I saw something that I never, never, you know, imagined to see in my life. You know how, how war is horrible. So many, so many people died. So many people, you know, are suffering. So I know, you know, uh, the war is horrible. Uh, that uh, we supposed not, you know, have it, but. As you read the Bible, in the Bible, there are many words, too. And God was using the word. And do you know that Europe has, uh, the evangelism rate is only 0.5%, which is lower than Japan, lower than China. You know, I mean, entire Europe became totally secular country plus Islamizations. Every country in Europe, every leaders, they are expecting, you know, uh, to have Islam country, Islamic country in Europe by 2030s. And then war started. And uh, do you know how many refugees came out from the Ukraine? Have you heard of that? Yeah. Some CNN told me um, uh, they reported what three millions. Some ABC uh, said five million. You know, but just a few weeks ago, I read uh, EU report uh, there might be around ten million. one-third population of Ukraine came out. And the, you know the Ukraine is a Christian country. You know, over 80% they are Christians. Not uh, sincere like you. You know, all evangelical groups are only 3%, but uh, they are really, you know, um, uh, burning heart. They really have a, a passion, a passion to, to uh, uh, you know, Christ. And uh, among three churches that I planted in Israel, two of them were Ukrainian church, and, you know, so I know them. What we have to understand is what God is doing, not the what use media tells you how to think, how to understand, okay? We have to understand what God is doing and why he is doing what he is doing. This is a very crucial point to, to understand. 
And my town is, you know, 100 miles south from Berlin, around 20,000 people, populations. In three weeks, we got around 1,000 refugees. I mean, adding 1,000, you know, on the top of 20, it's big, isn't it? It's a big change. And then many of them go to church because church has a resource in Germany. They have housing, they have food, they, you know, they are willing to help because they are Christians. And uh, I never seen Germans, you know, welcome, they are welcoming uh, refugees like that. You know, they hated refugees, really. Now, you know, many houses put on notice on their door, you know, two adults or, you know, one children or, you know, one adult. You know what that means? They are just opening house. Please come, you know, we'll give you the room. They are welcoming like that. But when they go to church, they are not getting only help. They pray and they worship. You know, they're shaking up the church or sleeping dead churches. And uh, uh, the church that I, I'm connected in my town, I have been working for one full year to shake them up, you know, to go out, to reach out to their neighbors. They said, oh, no, we don't have strength. I don't want to do that. That's what pastor said. But they came now, they shake them up. You know, just next week, they will start a new Ukrainian church in that church. You know, for that 1,000 people. That's amazing, you know. So I believe, you know, what you, saw, what you see is, uh, you know, uh, 10 million refugees. What I see is 10 million missionaries from Ukraine to wake up entire Europe. Isn't it amazing? That's what God is doing. So we are planning now to plant 100 Ukrainian refugee church every corner of Europe so that we can wake up all the sleeping dead churches through those Ukrainian refugees, no, Ukrainian missionaries, you know? So this is amazing and this is uh, exciting. During my 30 years service in Jewish mission, I have learned one thing. Um, it is the broken heart of God. Do you have PowerPoint? I have a question. Do you love Jesus? Hello? Do you love Jesus? Amen? Amen. No man? Amen. 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 Yeah? yeah? Okay. Amen. Amen. Then, do you love Jesus more than your life? Yes? Amen? Amen. The English word love uh, Maybe next, please. Yeah. Okay. English word love 
uh, today has become like a cheap Valentine's Day chocolate. You know, uh, who didn't get, who never got Valentine's chocolate. Then uh, who have finished to eat them? I usually don't. <laughs> It stays on my shelf months and months, right? <laughs> There is no value in the word love anymore today. And I want to ask you again, how much do you really love Jesus? Do you love Jesus like a Valentine's chocolate? Yeah? It is interesting to see that the Bible, the Bible never used the word love in Hebrew, ahava, directly for God's love. Ahava means it's act of love. You know, I love you, and you know, you know, act of love. It's general love. But when the Old Testament talks about the attributions or character of God's love, never used the Hebrew word Ahava. Instead, we will Uh, you, can re- you can open the Exodus if you have Bibles, Exodus 34, 6. Yeah. Um, anyone can read aloud in English? Please, anyone? Yes. Um, actually, we have a little bit kind of um, problem, not exactly problem, but uh, you know, difficult, difficulties uh, to translate some word here. You know. In Hebrew, Yabor Adonai Al-Fanab, Vaikara Adonai Adonai El-Rahum. Here, uh, what said, God declared, okay, Adonai, Yehovah. God declared that God is God of Raham, okay, and God of Hesed, God of Emet, which means, I will explain now, uh, your Bible translates like love or mercy or grace or whatever your, uh, those words, but uh, three words, what we have to understand, Hesed, Raham, Emet. This is a very crucial Hebrew word that you must understand because entire Bible is written on these three words. Okay? So what is a chesed? Chesed is like a, a fatherly love, God's fatherly love, father's love. Okay? And uh, you have a children, right? And three children. Right? And who has children? How many? One. One? Anybody else? No? Four. Good job. Bless you. Three. Hallelujah. 
And um, I believe your children are so good, you know, and they always obey your word, always follow what you said. Yes, father. Yes, fathers. They never say no. I believe so. Actually, I want to believe. <laughs> Because mine didn't. <laughs> yeah? When they disobey, or when they become rebellious, then you cease your love to them? You stop loving them? No. You love even more, right? right? You're trying even harder, right? So what is chesed? Chesed is love with loyalty and faithfulness. Okay, no matter what your children do, and no matter what people do, okay, God loves us. Okay, it is actually a uh, uh, two-side reciprocal love. Okay, you work so hard to supply uh, your children' need. Okay, uh, taking care of them, right, and uh, discipline them, right. You putting your everything to your children. But children, uh, yeah, sometimes yes, when they feel good. You know, many times not. You know, they actually expect from them, you know, their obedience, right? Their loyalty to you, right? They love to you, but not always. Nevertheless, you love them. That's what chesed is. Okay? Your, as a father, your heart is broken when you see your children are, you know, disobeying or they become rebellious. Right? They go some direction that you never expected or never wanted, right? Your heart is broken, right? But nevertheless, you love even more, trying harder to bring them back. That's what chesed is. Isaiah 54, 21 said, Remember these things, O Jacob, for you are my servant, O Israel. I have made you. You are my servant, O Israel. I will not forget you. No matter what Israel did, okay? No matter how uh, rebellious they become, God has never given up to love them. Some theologists said, yes, God has forsaken Israel, and our church became the true spiritual Israel. No, then we don't have hope, because God will forsake us too someday. Right? Because of this love of Hesed, we have hope that, yes, God will save us, no matter how rebellious we become, you know, 
how much go away, how, how you know, far go away from God, but God will bring them, bring us back because, he, because of his love. This is what chesed is. Now, the love raham. Okay? God of Adonai el rahum in uh, your Bible, Hebrew Bible said, God of mercy, probably your Bible is translated that way. Raham is motherly love. And sorry guys, you will not understand this. Never. You know, uh, those nine months in Asia, ten months, whatever, you know. Uh, those are really, you know, suffering, suffering period, painful period, uncomfortable, right? You have to wake up in the middle of the night when baby kicks you, right? Oh. No matter how we, you know, make our God hurt and give, you know, pain, God endures the pain, hugging them. As a mother, you know, holding baby and waiting the time to see his face, the baby's you know, face. That's what Raham is. It is interesting, in Isaiah 49, uh, verse 15, if you can look at, you know, uh, the woman's womb, woman's womb in Hebrew is Rechem. Same letter with Raham in Hebrew. Okay, same letter. Why? Woman's womb has the same letter, Hebrew letter, with Raham. Because that's what it is. Enduring love. Motherly love. This is one-sided love. Pouring everything. Can you next one? Put next one. One more. Yeah. Probably you saw the pictures on YouTube when the Russian army bombed maternity hospital in uh, Ukraine. And uh, that woman, you know, came to give birth and got bombed. And she cried. If my, you know, we both should die, please save my baby. You kill me. Just kill me and save my life. Uh, uh, save my babies. She wanted to save her baby by, you know, kill herself. That's what Raham is. And actually, that's what God did for us. Right? We celebrate Easter. Well, I don't celebrate Easter. I celebrate Passover. That's what it is. Now, Emmet. Probably you will, uh, you know, or you have heard or heard so many times that secular says, 
if God is good, why we have so, you know, chaotic world? Many Jewish people ask me, you know, if God was there, why Holocaust happened? Why six million people died? What are you going to say? I know how hard it is. But we have to understand, you know, God's judgment, it's not judgment, again, be careful about that. You know, Holocaust is not God's judgment. But we have to understand when you have, you know, a difficult time, or when you see the some judgment, you know, God's judgment is always right. As fathers punishes his children to discipline, then hug their, you know, his children, right? Because he, he punishes because of I mean, his love of emet, love with justice, love with righteousness, faithfulness. This is what God's love is. Now, God made a covenant with Abraham, who is father of you know, many nations. It is interesting to understand that the crucial point of covenant is blood covenant. In the uh, Genesis 15, you can see that you know, uh, God told to cut animal and uh, you know, lie down, you know, line just one line, right? In ancient time, they always cut animal to make covenant. It's a blood covenant, which means when you make commitment through the covenant. You commit to your life. When one side break it, the side who broke that covenant should die. That's the price of breaking covenant. Get it? Now, God made a covenant with the humans. Who broke the covenant? Human, yes? Then who should pay the price? Me. You. Right? But who really paid the price? God. Right? This is God's chesed and raham. I don't know what you thought, you know, uh, what, what was your thinking when you celebrate Easter last week. But that's what it is. God paid the price of breaking covenant instead of you and me. Isaiah 53 said, 
verse 4 through 6, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrow, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wound we were healed. Then John 3.16 and 17 explains what, why God has done so. For God so loved the world, He gave His, only, uh, and, uh, uh, His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Can you just show the pictures next? Yes. Sorry, in Korean. I was using Korean church. <laughs> um, this is a house. Have you been in Israel? I wish you can go as soon as possible. Yeah. You know, I met so many pastors in Israel. you know, uh, as a gift of retirement from their church. And when they come to church, uh, Israel, so many of them just cried. <sighs> I should be here 30 years ago. You know, now I understand what I've, <laughs> I've been teaching. But I'm too late. Don't do that, really. You know, learning by book and seeing is totally different. Hey guys, you want a better food spiritually? Send him to Israel. Okay? Yeah, you will see the upgrading you know, immediately after his trip. It is. I can guarantee. If you don't feel it, just you know, send me a beer. <laughs> you know, I'll pay you back. <laughs> really. You know, in the Nazareth, there is a house, uh, there's a church called St. Joseph. And uh, underneath, there is a house uh, where Jesus lived for 30 years. You know, Nazareth is a very poor country, right? Very poor village. And people didn't have money to build a house. What they did, they dug up the stone because it's a rhinestone, soft. So they dug up and made a cave to live. And in that cave, people lived with all the animals they have, donkeys, sheep. Wait a minute. Who? Who lived there? Jesus. Is Jesus our God? Yes? Or no? then is that Jesus is the creator of the universe? Yes? Wow. Think about this. The creator of the universe came down to the earth as a form of baby, a slave, you know, slave. That's what the Philippians 2, verse 5 through 8 said. You know, in English, said nicely, servant. No, 
doulos in Greek is a slave. You know, then leave the dead house, smelly, dusty cave for 30 years. For whom? For whom? Yes. Do we deserve to have such blessing? Our creator of the universe lived in that cave for 30 years, and that's not all. He suffered and crucified on the cross and shed blood and died for whom? For you, guys. Are you such precious people? Great in God? You know? I'm not. That's what Chesed Raham is, guys. When you celebrate Easter every year, what do you think? Having eggs? Eating eggs? That's all? You have to understand what price God has paid for your sin, for breaking the covenant. He emptied his form. So God so loved the world and he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of slave, being in human likeness, and then he took all the humiliation, become obedient to death, so that we will not be perished by the final judgment, guys. Now you can tell, or who can tell, that God's love is plain like a mayo, mayonnaise, no flavors. I know some of you love mayo, not me. You know, who will not say God's love is not radical? Actually, who can say that God is not radical at all? Who? God has been always radical, and God gave us God gave us only two ways: life, you know, the way to the light. The way to death, right? Where is the middle? Hello, Californians. Where is the middle? But your life is in the middle. Hello. Isn't it? We have to understand the meaning of the radical love of God. I say that the radical with the, the radical love of God because it is unique and the only kind of love in the universe. You know, I'm doing, uh, um, I'm making a radical disciple training in Germany. Radical disciple means disciple of uh, Jesus who lives, serves, and the witness and the multiply with the radical love of God. And I couldn't find any, you know, the radical, the meaning of the word radical is kind of the two politics, 
but I couldn't find any other word to express God's extreme love that is beyond human imaginations. We are li living in the world as 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3 explains. But understand this, verse 1 through 5, but understand this, that in the last days, uh, there, will be, uh, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unpeaceable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, teacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, love of pleasure rather than love of God, having appearance of godlessness, but denying its power, avoid such people. Doesn't it sound familiar? Californians, I was shocked when I came here just a month ago. You know, the world that you are living is, is horrible. I can tell you. But the best weapon against the hatred is the radical love of God. The radical love is not just, you know, um, a word. Actually, I can tell you, you know, don't market gospels. Don't sell it in a bargain price. You have to live in it every day. Your life should be witness of the radical love every day. Okay? I'm a Christian, so what? I believe in Jesus, so what? Your life doesn't show, then what? Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, when Christ called a man, he bids him to come and die. This is a costly love, as he said, and costly love is gospel. Such love is costly because it calls us to follow, and the, it is love because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ, and it is costly because it costs a man his life. Are you ready to give your life? Are you ready to give your life to your next person? Oh, you just believe in Christianity as a religion. I don't have a religion, sorry. God didn't give me any religion. I have a relationship with him. You know, when I went to Germany, again, my boss sent me to Germany. So I had to go. When I landed in Germany, and after a few days, I experienced a lot of you know, racism. As Asians, you know what is that. But you should understand it's nothing. You should understand you're blessed here in California. 
you know, in Germany, they really, you know, they see me as Asian, and they push me in the train, you know, oh, go away, kind of things, or yell at me and spit on me. And then one day, God asked me in the prayer in the morning, Edward, do you love Germans? I said, in half a second, no! No way! God, I didn't come here for Germans, okay? You sent him here, but I believe you sent him here for Jewish peoples, Israelis, in Berlin. I don't want to do anything with the Germans, and they killed 6 million Jews. Why should I love them? So many you know, friends of mine in Israel suffered because of them. No, 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 no. And then God asked me again, Edward, do you love Germans? No, I can't, never. And God gave me the verse, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. And after the reading, I just fall down and cried. And cried. I realized that I don't have any right, any right to hate anyone as a person who has Jesus in my heart. Not at all. But I have a duty and obligation to love everyone, including my enemies. And I told God, yes, I will. I will. It took me more than one year to get rid of all the hatred, you know, uh, toward Germans. But I love Germans now. No matter how you know, harsh they treat me, I pray for them. When they yell at me, push me, I pray for them, I smile at them. I know it is not easy. But uh, First John said, Dear friends, let us love one another. Because love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born again because of what God has done. The person knows God. Anyone who does not, uh, does not love does not know God because God is love. When you hate someone, you should understand that God is not in you. Do you know that? Probably you might have someone that never seen for years, years. Then you should understand that God is not in you. God is love.
God is God of Chesed, Milham. And He gave everything, including His divine, divine form and Jesus Christ. I want to ask you again how much do you love Jesus? How much? If you had the radical love in your heart, in your life, every day, this number is more than enough to transform entire communities. And entire people in this community should see the light of Jesus through the, your life. If it doesn't, something wrong here, right? I want to encourage you guys, think about what God has done for you from today. What the radical love of God means to you. Can you live in it? Not just saying verbally like a Valentine's chocolate. Through your life, every day. Then you don't need, you know, preaching gospel to others. They will see what you're doing. The light. Let's close eyes and pray together. The world is full of hatred. Through the world, I can see that. The media is filled up with hatred. In your heart, every's heart. Now we have to fight against this, against this hatred. And the only cure is God's radical love, a bloody love of Jesus that he gave us. Do you have it in your heart? And do you live it in it? So think in a minute, do I have the bloody radical love of Jesus? Father, today we hear your calling to become the radical disciple of Jesus. Not only verbally, not only by preaching, but Father, you gave us a mark, bloody mark on our heart through the cross. Of Jesus. This is not just a symbol, but this should be the way of my life daily and every day, fathers. Father, forgive me that I hated someone. Father, forgive me that I didn't live in this uh, radical love, chesed. Raham. Father, yes, I want to live in it. I want to be the witness of the 
bloody love of Yeshua, Jesus, every day. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us and let us live in that love, the radical love of God. Hes, Raham, Emet, every day. Let's pray. Continues. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Edward, for that powerful word. And we're just going to spend a moment in God's presence as we do every Sunday. We're going to respond to the word of God. Well, let's just continue in that mode of prayer just for a moment. Such powerful questions and yet so simple. But do you know how much Jesus loves you? And then... How much do you love Jesus? I'm just going to leave those two questions on your laps, and we're just going to come before the Lord and just communicate with God, and then we're going to sing a final song. Thank you, Lord Jesus.